actually also about holiness in many ways. First um, Peter is written also to suffering Christians, probably the same situation in a lot of ways. Uh, early Peter is preparing uh, Christians for suffering, he's preparing them in Asia Minor, so a different location than Hebrews, but he's preparing them for suffering. And he's saying, what does it look like to live a holy life as you prepare for uh, suffering? And so if you were to kind of outline the book, even you could you could break it up into four parts. Um, verses 1 through 12 really talk about our, our salvation and exulting in that salvation. It's very positional. And then uh, he switches in verse 13 in chapter 1 to talk about uh, an exhortation to holy living because of a holy calling. And that really goes on through chapter 2, verse 10. And then in chapter 2, verse 11 through chapter 3, verse 12, it really talks about, okay, you're suffering. Um, part of living in holiness is submitted. Uh, how do you submit um, in this situation that you're in? And then even going on in chapter 3, verse 13 to the end of the book, you can kind of characterize uh, what does it look like to live in a holy life in suffering. So there's a lot of similar themes, but there's kind of this main idea of holiness um, throughout. So what we're going to do this morning is kind of like what we were doing with Hebrews. We're going to walk through chunks and make observations. And we'll walk through chunks and make observations. I think that's just the best way to go about this. Um, so let's go ahead and start reading. Uh, let's start. We're going to start in chapter 1 Peter 1, verse 1. And uh, someone go ahead and just read the intro. So one, just the first couple of verses, 1, 1, and 2. In this year, 
rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor and revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were certain not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit, sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Okay, great. So, wonderful description of our salvation. What are some things you notice in it?
uh, no, sorry, through chapter 2, verse 10, um, he starts giving us this general idea of, uh, okay, that's your salvation. In general, what does it look like, look like to live now, which intersects with what we're interested in? Mainly. So, someone go ahead and read verse 13 through uh, verse 21. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also need to be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. He is holy. He is incomparable. He 
has called us to be peoples, and so there's this element of awe and respect, and like I would be utterly afraid to do anything to besmirch to his name. Um, yeah, Susan. Purify your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love. 
love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that we preach to you. A living stone will put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, the long for the pure spiritual milk, that piety may grow up into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Okay, so he starts to talk and, um, and describe, okay, what does it actually look like to live a holy life? Uh, don't be conformed to passion your former ignorance. We see the Christ that was paid. Uh, so we want to live a holy life. Once you set our hopes uh, ahead, what are some of the what are some of the specific things that he begins to bring out of what it looks like to live a holy life? Obedient, truth, mm-hmm. Other things you see in that kind of section, what does it look like to live a holy life? 
loving one another, longing for the word. Yeah, which again relates to your relationships with others, right? So, uh, what's malice? Yeah, ill will, right? You have a you have a bent towards like evil towards someone, you have malicious intent, you have ill will towards someone. Yeah, uh, deceit. Yeah, lying or doing things in such a way to make people believe something is true when it's not. Right. Um, so it's a little broader than just lying. But yeah, absolutely. Hypocrisy. Yeah, or play, uh, that, that word is a play actor, right? That's the, what your grip means, you're a play actor. You're presenting yourself as one way, uh, when really, um, uh, for, for one reason or another, when it's not really who you are. Um, and Yeah, you're desiring, um, that person had that thing, I want that thing, or you're envious of their position, right? You're jealous, um, envy and jealousy. Slander was slander. Yeah, speaking against someone, uh, so often gossip, right? Uh, speaking about someone behind their back, but slandering your reputation, carrying it down with your speech. So, yeah, these are ways. These are very concrete things, right? This is what it looks like to live a holy life. Don't do these things. You share a common brotherhood and sisterhood. You're a common family because of the word that gave you birth. Put away those things, those old things, those old ways of behaving, uh, the common way of behaving, and live and long for the word as a believer. We start to see this is what it looks like to live a holy life. And it's even growing. It's how are we nourished? We're nourished through the word. Uh, the word gave us birth, but the word is what nourishes us as we grow. So, any other things in that section?
for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value then is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. And the stone was stumbling in a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. Okay. So, what do we see in relation to holiness in this section? It's wonderful thing that uh, uh, we as those who have been born again are rejected by men, but we are precious in the sight of God. Yeah, and he's, even, he's specifically talking about the cornerstone who is what? Jesus. Right? He, he was rejected by men and chosen and precious. He's the, the orienter. He's the, the most important, obviously the most important piece in the whole structure. Right? But what is, what is he doing? Right? Um, what, 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 what language do we see here? That connects us back to the Old Testament. What's, what's he describing? people, right? The temple is being built in the same people, right? Uh, who are believers in the word, right? Those who are entrusting themselves to Christ. Uh, he's the cornerstone. Uh, we're entrusting ourselves to Christ. And these people are being gathered as a temple. And then he mixes his metaphors and he also says what? Not only a temple, we're a holy priesthood, right? Um, we are a temple, we are the priesthood, which exactly corresponds to what we saw in Hebrews, right? What's the call in Hebrews? Draw near, draw near, draw near to the real holy of holies. Well, Jesus is a high priest, but um, he has sanctified us and brought us as a priestly people um, to serve God, right? And so uh, we have that privilege because of what Jesus has done. It's no longer like in Israel, you've got the select few that are priests. You've got everyone who's a believer, everyone who's part of the new covenant community is that's what we mean by the priesthood of believers. It's not that we don't need a priest. You need a priest. We need Jesus as our high priest. And we, have, we all function together as priests. Uh, and I love this phrase. Uh, priest to do what? Yeah, offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God for Jesus Christ. So you can think of Christian obedience, right? Like, I think he's just talking about living a Christian life, living as disciples. Um, he's just kind of wrapping that all up under the term spiritual sacrifices, obedience. Uh, all of that 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 entails, it can look like a million different things, right? But, I love this. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the things we do in obedience uh, our sacrifices uh, uh, as we live the Christian life and they are acceptable to God. Or another way to say that they are both pleasing to God and walk through Jesus Christ. In other words, as we obey uh, and you know we always kind of we always kind of say this, right? Well, even my, my most, my best works are shot through with sin. True, 
And yet God is still pleased with them, but why is he pleased with them? Because he sees them through the lens of Christ. Right? They are purified, they are clean, they are seen as good uh, and lovely. They're pleasing to God. They really are. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Uh, which, is, which is just comforting and sweet. Right? It's like, yeah, I want to obey. God is pleased with this. Not because of who I am. Not because I'm marrying anything, but because of what Christ has done. Uh, this is pleasing to God. I'm going to please my Father. So, yeah, other thoughts on that? Right. Yeah. Because it's that, it's that idea of the gospel is not just fire insurance, right? It changed your whole life. It's not just rescuing you positionally, it is doing that. But it's giving you a new identity. It's giving you a whole new identity as a person, as part of a people, um, to, to function together as a priesthood and a temple, right? It's that idea we keep using this term, the joyful responsibility that God is calling us into. We're not just individually saved, we are corporately saved. We work together because of this identity that God himself has given us. Other thoughts? Okay, so let's read the next bit. Uh, so I'm going to read 2 9 um, through. Well, let's just do 2 9 and 10. Just slow it down a little bit. 2 9 and 10. Uh, 
spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's who you are. It defines you, right? It defines you uh, as, a, as an individual and as a people. This is what we do. We proclaim the excellencies of God because we are a Christian, because we need you, because all, all these things. Yeah. Good. It's God's work. Yes. Yeah. He's done it, uh, and so this is why we live. Um, uh, he's done it, so this is why we live as we do as a holy people. Um, and proclaiming God's excellencies and putting off former manner of life and pursuing, displaying, uh, reflecting um, God's excellencies in our lives and our speech and all of who we are. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, so that what? They see 
about the good deeds and glorify God. It's that reality that we, um, you know, Jesus talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount, right? The salt and light, right? Uh, we behave in a certain way, even when we're being reviled, or even when people say, well, we do is foolish. Um, and we, we have honorable conduct. And we match that with our message, the message of the gospel. Both are there um, so that um, people would glorify God on the day of visitation. We want them to join us in our going to the inheritance to where we're all going to glorify God, uh, ascribing him the worth that is due to his name. Right? And so your example is not enough in and of itself, but when you have that together with the gospel message, one reinforces the other, um, that's, that's what God uses. And he does use the example and honorable conduct to attract um, other people. Other things you're seeing in that. Right, right. Yeah, it's it's that idea of um, the embassy again, right? We are an embassy in enemy territory. Uh, ultimately, the world belongs to Christ, and He's going to come again. But until that inheritance comes, right? Uh, we we are. Uh, this is in our home. We are. Uh, we're looking for. We're looking for heaven on earth. We're looking for the new heavens and the new earth. In which righteousness is false. Anything else? Okay, there's more that could ha- I mean, uh, the rest of Peter really kind of just even delves into more integrated details of, okay, if you're, uh, you're wanting to submit to authority, here's what it looks like to live a holy life in submitting to authority. Here's what it looks like as wives to submit to husbands, and husbands to love their wives. Uh, if you're suffering, uh, you know, uh, what is it, 3, yeah, 313. Now, who is there to harm you if you're a zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, right? Set, Christ is utterly incomparable. And if you reverence him as utterly incomparable of what he has done, you're going to, even when you're under suffering, even when you're suffering for doing righteousness, you're going to be able to give an answer to the hope that is within you. Um, so again, you see that idea of holiness um, crop up again. He talks about it um, later in the book as well. When, um, suffering, um, serving one another, all of it is kind of oriented around this idea of here's what it looks like to live a holy life. Really, this is what Paul does, too. Uh, position, doctrine, the gospel. And then because of that, here's all the nitty-gritty details of what it looks like to live a holy life. Uh, so you can really think, not just in First Peter, but in Ephesians, in Galatians, in Romans. Uh, we get all the doctrine, we get the gospel, we get the knowledge that we are positionally holy. Okay, now does, how does it look like to reflect and live out that position? Paul and Peter and whoever, John for that matter, shows us, here's the nitty-gritty details. Here's obedience. Obedience is where you're showing that display of living life. So, uh, we've been focusing a lot for the last multiple weeks on the position, and we need that. You can't, if you ignore the position, 
uh, you're going to end up in, you can eat, let's put it this way, you can easily slide into a performance legalistic mindset, right? Where it's like, here are the things I need to do, and if I do these things, God accepts me. No, God has accepted you on the basis of Christ and Christ alone. You're holy because of Christ and Christ alone, not because of who you are in and of yourself. And because you have that position, you live out of that position. You live out of that identity and you follow them. That's really important to keep that that's great. <clears throat> Any questions uh, before we close out? Take a week off next week, and then we'll be back and we'll talk more about this concept of holiness, a couple more, couple more things, and then we'll, yeah. Um, right. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for what is about to happen in the assembling of your people, uh, in the stones of the living temple coming together in this local church, and the holy priesthood coming together to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We thank you for the privilege of being that people not because of who we are or anything in us, but just because of your grace, your mercy, your kindness to us in Jesus. And we thank you. Uh, bless the rest of this morning. Prepare our hearts to be blessed. Christ.